welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome back to the next episode of the Steroids Podcast. I'm going to get right into the questions today. I was going to say something about New Year's resolutions. Personally, I don't do them. I take action. This is how my action-taking process works. First, an idea comes to my head. When that idea comes to my head, I sit on it for an appropriate amount of time, which is usually somewhere between three weeks and three months. At the end of that period of time, it's worked its way into a fully formed idea, and action is taken. So I don't wait for some specific time in order to like uh, take action that I need to take in my life. So that's why I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions, right? It's like just like a seize the moment. So that's my opinion. And by the way, Happy New Year. I mean, I really remember New Year 2021 in Kiev, Ukraine. I was there with... One of my friends who used to be um, a, a guy that I do did personal training for. And uh, he ended up coming out and living in Ukraine. And we were in Maiden, Maidan uh, Square. So that's where I was looking at the clock tower. You know, what's kind of funny about Ukraine is is they, they don't go out for New Year's. It's more of a family holiday for them. And so... Um, the only other people other than me and my friend outside were Turkish, uh, Turkish people on vacation. That was kind of funny. So I'm just going to get right into the questions. Let's see what you guys, see what's on your mind. Mr. French asks, Hey bro, hope you're doing well. I'm going to do my second gyno surgery. And after recover, I'm planning to follow a cycle. I'm planning to increase my testosterone dose to 1 gram to 1.5 grams per week and add Tren at 350 to 700 milligrams per week and Anadrol at 1 to 200 milligrams per day. Plus, maybe he's going to add insulin. He says, do you think I really need to add essential amino acids, glutamine, creatine, whey? I don't really believe in them. I believe they don't do shit, just marketing. I want your advice, please. Most guys who use steroids don't take supplements. So your urgency to do a lot of things goes away 
uh, a lot of things that is like not very effective goes away when you start taking steroids because you become less desperate for gains. You're so frustrated and end the at the end of your rope if you're natural and so just freaking desperate for like an ounce of muscle that it's like you won't even give yourself time to like rest and recover. You know, like you're you're like I cannot wait seven days if you're doing a body part split to hit that body part again i will hit it in five days even though you know you're not recovered and then you go in there and you do some half-ass workout and don't hit your strength number goals for the workout and then you're like angry and like oh everything sucks and it's like bro it's because you're not on steroids and you're trying to do bodybuilding and bodybuilding isn't possible without steroids. Natural bodybuilding doesn't exist. So that's why you feel the way you do because you've been scammed. So <laughs> another thing is like taking supplements, you know, like these things don't really work. I, I mean, they can have a little effect, but you know, um, bodybuilders don't use them so you know once you get on roids and you're not like so desperate anymore you won't have that feeling i know this specific guy who asked the question uh, he he's mr french he's already on roids so this isn't speaking to him this is speaking to somebody else but like once you get on roids you're not going to feel like oh i can't wait you know, the proper rest period that I had planned to do my next workout for that body part that I wish was bigger, you know, like my weak body part. And, um, you know, so I'm like insecure about it and I won't let it freaking rest and recover. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, that'll like go away when you become less desperate, when you start taking gear. Okay. And another thing that will go away is your desire to be like taking a lot of supplements because you're already taking stuff and you don't, you know, you're sick of it. You don't want to take more stuff. So, you know what, creatine, I don't know anyone who takes that. EAAs and glutamine, I mean, I don't really know many people who take glutamine individually. I do know quite a few, like, successful competitive bodybuilders who do use EAAs, essential amino acids. So that's one that is used. Um, another one, like you mentioned, whey protein. So it does have its use. So like it is a fast acting protein and it is a complete protein and it's, it's in and out. So like, you know, post-workout whey protein or intra-workout whey protein or you didn't eat anything and it's 30 minutes before the gym and you need some protein in your body so that you're not catabolizing muscle during your workout. Well, these are times where whey protein can be beneficial, definitely. And also just in general in like getting your protein intake up, like I know some of you guys are only eating 150 calories or 150 grams of protein or 200 grams of protein per day because you've read like natty science about bodybuilding, about how like you can't use more protein than that. Hello, you're on steroids. You can now. So, um, 
like if you're only getting 150 grams or 200 grams of protein per day, you're missing out if you use gear. So, you know, having some whey protein to get your number up 50 grams more per day, you know, that's a useful way of doing it if you're going to refuse to eat whole food in order to make that happen. Okay, so so some of the supplements do have some value. Creatine, no, I wouldn't take that. Why? Well, for one thing, your kidneys are working hard. If you're eating a lot of protein and you're taking steroids, your kidneys are working hard, especially if you have high blood pressure. Then your kidneys are getting screwed, okay? So creatine is processed by the kidneys, like pretty extensively. And I don't want to be putting that into my system. Um, I'm not going to be putting something that is extensively processed in my kidneys. If my kidneys are already working really hard, that's just one more stress my body doesn't need. And don't kid yourself. Taking steroids stresses your body. Okay, so there's a lot of people who want to tell you that you can do it this way or that way, or you can do bodybuilding on low doses, and the way that they do it on low doses has no health benefits. That's or has no health drawbacks. I didn't mean to say benefits, I meant to say drawbacks. That's wrong. They're in denial. They don't know what they're talking about. They're lying. It's not true. Taking steroids is not good for you. So you have to balance other life factors, other risk factors, such as not eating crap food in order to tip the balance back in your favor as best as you can. Doing exercise every day. A lot of people don't exercise every day. Any of these guys that tries to tell you that he's taking steroids and that this is healthy for him and, and, and he's, he's not, doing something that is having any negative effect on him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's in denial. He wishes that. All right. I'm not adding any creatine. The other thing that creatine does, other than being processed in your kidneys, is it adds water to your body. A lot of bodybuilders are trying to get rid of water because taking steroids in general increases the amount of electrolytes that you hold, which then increases the amount of water that you hold. And a lot of people don't want that. And so, you know, you have a, a lot of people, you know, like, you know, trying to take low testosterone or something um, in, in order to, like, not have water. And, and to a degree, to a degree, there is, there is logic to that, okay? And, and, and it, it does work, too, to a, de to a degree, okay? But... Um, you know, so taking creatine is going to bring a lot of water into your body. That's why you gain five pounds the first week that you take creatine. Because you just sucked up five pounds of water that you're going to keep in you until you stop taking creatine. It doesn't sound like something a lot of bodybuilders are looking for. Okay, and I was going to talk something about, um, like, low testosterone, okay? All right. Are you going to look good on lower or moderate testosterone are you going to look your best yes so i'm talking like dosages between like 300 to 700 milligrams per week 
if you want to like look your best, you don't remove the testosterone. But it's going to be somewhere depending on your body and depending on what your preferences are for like muscle roundness and you know like we were talking about water retention in your skin it's going to be somewhere between 300 milligrams to 750 milligrams per week okay now you really have to understand something people who are big bodybuilders what they're using in order to like become that let's just go over it okay they're using high dose testosterone they're using high dose DECA. They're using low and moderate dosage Trenbolone. They're using Anadrol and Dball. They're using growth hormone and insulin. Okay? When you are looking at heavyweight competitive bodybuilders, super heavyweight competitive bodybuilders, Mr. Olympia competing bodybuilders. To get their size, those are the things that they took to get their size, okay? They didn't take low testosterone, okay? That's not the recipe. The recipe is those things that I said. That's what produces that. Can there be some small alterations? Yes. Do they all look very similar? Yes. Why is that? Because they're all on the same recipe. <laughs> and they've all got, you know, top of the line, you know, predisposition to be successful at bodybuilding built in to their genetic code. All right. So... For guys that are like, you know, if if that's what you're looking to do, get really big. And also just in general, like safer use while getting really big. You know, testosterone is a lot better for you than pretty much any other PED as far as like negative health effects. And, um, you know... If you're getting like really big on like orals, you're getting like really big on trend, higher dosage. You're you're doing like a, a, a going up fast and like not being up very long and coming crashing down type of approach, because these health problems will catch up to you. Um. So. You may not be experiencing them now, but it actually won't be that long until you do. Like, it it will be less than 10 years, okay? <laughs> so, I'm serious. So, so um, for guys that are, like, look, you know, looking to get big and, like, do it, you know, the more professional way, you know, that's why I'm telling you that. Like, higher testosterone and with, like, an anabolic alongside it. It's usually DECA. You know, I, you don't have to use DECA. If, if you want to be pro, though, you do. Um, there can be other ones. You know, you could you could use Primobolin. You could use Equipoise 
or you could use DECA. I, I mean, that's, that's very close to being it. There's a couple others, but the options are pretty limited. Uh, you know, pairing an anabolic alongside testosterone at a comparable dosage. You know, they call those other injectables anabolics, and they call uh, testosterone an androgen, uh, even though they're all androgens and they're all anabolic. Uh, anyways, though, you know, if you want to be getting what I'm trying to say is that as far as like what's, you know, if guys are really pushing dosages, you know, like what's bad for your health? Trenbolone and orals. So if you wanted to be big and like get big, be big for a long time, you would limit those or like not use them. And you would gravitate more towards testosterone and and a second injectable anabolic that was not trenbolone. Um, you know, and, and as, as far as if you look at your blood work when you're using steroids, you will notice uh, it's very, very clear that testosterone doesn't have a very negative effect if it has a negative effect. And the other hormones do. So, so it's pretty clear. It's really clear when you look at that. You know, if you haven't done blood work, a lot of bodybuilders don't do blood work. So a lot of people on the internet, you know, make it seem like all bodybuilders are doing blood work. Everybody who uses steroids is doing blood work. But the actual reality of the situation, as it seems to always be with all things bodybuilding is that it's the exact opposite. Barely anyone is doing blood work, which is incredibly foolish. And, you know, a lot of times it's because you're scared. So you, like, don't want to see. And you don't want to change what you're doing. And so if you don't see, that helps you keep going. But I'm really going to... I'm pretty experienced. So... Judging, I'm just going to tell you something that I've learned from my experience. And if you want to listen to it, that's cool. If not, that's also cool. But getting the blood work is a good thing to do. Um, actually, you know, like getting it often is a good thing to do. Just knowing what's going on and like knowing what the different steroids do to you um, when you're on cycle, um, you know, getting blood work when you're off cycle, getting blood work, even when you're on cycle, just because like, if you're really into bodybuilding, it's really interesting to see what the different steroids are doing to you. And then you can like calibrate it, you know, so that you can be as healthy as possible while using higher dosages. And, you know, a healthy body is way better at building muscle than a sickly body on a lot of steroids. So like, again, like if you want to do things like the professional way, you know, you see these guys with these very expensive coaches like Hanny Rambot or something like that. Um, and, and you see that all the clients look good and it's because they're doing it the professional way. Okay. So, you know, these guys don't have high blood pressure. They don't have high hematocrit. <laughs> you, you know, they're, 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 heart is functioning, right? You know, these bodybuilders, when they're working with these coaches, you know, you're not just getting, you know, these reckless dudes using roids and having no idea what's going on and you've never done blood work before. 
that's like a very amateur, very beginner, very not professional way of taking care of business. Not judging. I know how it is. So it's not like I'm this saint. Never, never have made myself out to be that way. So I've messed up with this too. But, you know, I was saying that I've had a lot of experience now, you know, bodybuilding, steroids, etc. Being around people who are doing this at a high level. And, you know, having gained that experience, now I really feel strongly that doing blood work a lot is worth it and really important and very interesting. And I want to do it. I like to do it. And that's the way that I do things now. Um, it, it's cool. You know, it, you don't need to be scared. Um, it may shock you a little bit at first, but that's you, be cool to adjust. You may just need to take different stuff. You know, you got to work things out so that you can be as healthy as possible while using it. Then you're going to build the most muscle. It's not all about just like, what is the highest dosages that you can take without killing over dead in the morning? Right. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is going to talk to you like this. That's why that's why I'm kind of going over that. All right, next question. Kyle asks, this is a young guy, okay? Uh, hey Dan, I was wondering if I could ask you a question about sex drive. I've come off gear and it's been about 4 months. I did HCG after coming off as you recommended in your book. The ultimate guide to roids. But my sex drive is absolutely missing. Is there anything you can recommend to bring this back? I've heard you talk about things like HCG, Mastron, and Proviron. Okay, so he came off gear. It's been about four months. He did HCG when he first came off for, for PCT. You know, that turns your testicles back on. You know, within about a week of taking HCG, your, your scrotum becomes like very thin skin again, right? Because the cremaster muscle, which is what controls whether that's contracted or not, is like constantly contracted because it's has no reason to relax to like move the testicles away from the body. So, because you know, sperm lives at a lower temperature than the body, that's why the balls hang outside the body. And you know, to control that temperature, the scrotum goes. Towards the body or away from the body. Okay. So that stops when you take steroids and it just goes towards your body. Unless you're taking HCG or unless you do a PCT. And HCG is very effective for PCT. Okay. So anyways, he took, you know, it's been four months. He came off cycle. He took HCG. His sex drive is absolutely missing. I mean, he didn't recover. It's very clear he didn't recover. So, um, you know, some people recover very quickly after a cycle. Others do not. Other people don't need a PCT. Others do. Okay. And other people uh, need a light PCT. Others need an aggressive PCT. This is so, you know, you could, you could solve this very quickly by getting a blood test um, and checking your testosterone level. But I mean, I don't even think that's really necessary. It's obvious your testosterone's low. Okay. <laughs> You know, what's probably going on is that you've got uh, high estrogen 
and that high estrogen is keeping you know you know the the signal in your hypothalamus in your brain that detects hormones and detects you know when to produce testosterone basically when testosterone is produced it's transformed into estrogen by aromatization aromatase enzyme floating around in your body and there's a sensor in your hypothalamus that senses estrogen and because it knows how much estrogen you produce from testosterone once it senses a estrogen level high enough it shuts off your testosterone your natural testosterone production and it does that by it's a cascade of signaling that goes from your hypothalamus to your pituitary gland to your testicles okay and um so if you've got high estrogen and you're natural or you did a cycle and you did a pct but you know somehow your estrogen like crept back up and it's up higher it can be stuck in a negative feedback loop and it's suppressing your testosterone and that's not going to change until you take medication to uh, correct that and remove the signal that is telling your sensor in your hypothalamus that there's enough estrogen in the body your testosterone level must be really high let's not produce any so if you have arimidex, if you have exemestane, if you have letrozole, you could take one of those. Definitely exemestane, aromasin, it's the same thing, would be the best one. But if you, it just, if you take like a tablet of like any of those, that will reduce your estrogen level, which will then turn off the break that, that is on your, your testosterone production. So... Just taking aromatase inhibitors in general, if you're natural, increases testosterone because of this. So you'll get like at least a 50% increase in testosterone if you crash your estrogen levels as a natural. You just like take aromatase inhibitors. Uh, that's one way of legitimately in, uh, increasing your testosterone levels uh, naturally. You know, the best way to do it is by taking HCG if, if you want to, you know, because you can overdrive your balls to produce extra testosterone with HCG. So if you want to be natural, like if you want to like have like high natural testosterone levels or like boost your testosterone, natural testosterone, the best ways to do that would be taking HCG. Uh, then the next one would be taking Nolvidex. And then the, the third one, you know, these are all things that really actually work would be taking aromatase inhibitors like exemestane. Um, anyways, that, that's what I think you need to do to fix your problem. Um, I, I don't think it will be fixed until you do that. All right. Uh, next question. Intergalactic asks, Hey bro, I've got a question for you. I remember a while back that you said that you were administering vitamin D via injections. How often was your injection frequency? Yeah, I do do that. And you know, Vitamin D has so many benefits and we're all low because we live in an industrialized society. You're supposed to be outside. If you're not living outside, you're like a lion who has been put in a plastic box. Okay. You're not, you're, you're like in such a messed up situation as far as your habitat. Um, you, you know, it's, it's catastrophic. Okay, you're supposed to be in the sun like all the time. 
So that's what vitamin D is, is it's, it's sun, basically. And, and, and so it does a lot of things for your body, you know, uh, depression, insulin sensitivity, immune system health, and, and, and it does these things potently, but not the pills. So that's the thing is that, you know, I read so much about vitamin D and, and you know, how it works and everything. And then I was, you know, like taking the pills, you know, for, you know, quite a few years, taking a lot, you know, like 5,000 IU to 10,000 IU a day of the pills. And it doesn't do anything. <laughs> All right. So I found injectable vitamin D in Albania. Okay. It's available other places too. But the first time I ever experienced it was in Albania. It works. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. It just works. The first day. It takes about 12 to 24 hours to kick in. Um, it definitely increases your immune system strength by a very noticeable amount. It increases your insulin sensitivity the first few days after a shot. You'll get hypoglycemia more. Um, and it definitely imp improves your mood. Uh, those are major effects from it. So the dosage and the frequency that I would take would be actually 300,000 IU injection once a month. Um, but, you know, if somebody, you know, I wanted to take the whole ampule and I only wanted to do it once a month. So that's the way I did it. I'm not recommending you do it that way. That's what I did. And, um, you know, I still do that. I actually have a prescription for it now because I like it so much. So now I do 100,000 IUs a week. That's what I do now. There's a lot of there's a lot of information on vitamin D. You're just asking what I do, so I'm I'm telling you what I do. <laughs> um Douglas asks quick question. Currently on testosterone cypionate 250 and 700 milligrams of trenbolone acetate a week. Loving the recomp and skin tightening and extra bit of leeway on my diet here and there. That sounds about right. Thinking of changing the cycle to 500 to 700 milligrams of testcipionate plus 350 milligrams of trenbolone acetate. Want to put on more size but keep the fat burning properties of the trend. Lots of guys say keep the test low and trend high. Got Caber and Adex on hand. Any thoughts on what to expect by switching the cycle around? Yeah, well, more milligrams is always going to equal more growth. So, you know, 700 milligrams of testosterone is not as powerful as 700 milligrams of testosterone cypionate. So... You know, before, currently you said you're taking 250 milligrams test, 700 trend, and then you're thinking of changing to 350 trend, so a lot less, and then, you know, putting the testosterone around 700 where the trend was before, so almost kind of like swapping the dosages. So that's going to be like a major decrease in firepower because trend balone is literally five times as powerful as testosterone milligram per milligram. So 
if you if you you know it, it you're you're just you'd have to take thousands of or at least yeah i mean pretty much in order to, of testosterone in order to equal the firepower of 700 milligrams of trembolone ace so you know you're going to notice a major decrease in the strength of your cycle when you do that um I, you know, being on Trenbolone for a long time at a high dosage, and, and I do consider 700 milligrams, yes, to definitely be a high dosage, um, you know, it definitely has health effects. So you, uh, you can take a look at your, your blood work. You can take a look with your at your blood pressure. And actually, one of the things with Trenbolone that is a little different, you know, um, you, you know, guys, oral steroids do have effects on your liver values. Um, you know, super draw being one that, you know, really, you know, has an effect on your liver values. Methyltrenbolone really has an effect on your liver values. Um, traditional steroids, uh, definitely more mild, but you know, they, they can definitely go up. Um, Trenbolone also, um, causes liver values to raise. So most of the injectables don't really do that. Like, like all the injectables are processed in the liver. Like, for example, testosterone is metabolized entirely in the liver. Um, but they don't really cause, like, liver values to go up, most of the injectables. But Trenbolone does for most people. Um, so it, it is kind of more like running a, kind of like on the milder side as far as the liver effects, as far as, like, an oral or something like that. Um because anyways but so that's one thing to keep in mind just I, I don't think a lot of people know that so as far as your liver goes there's three supplements that really freaking work okay so tudca tudca and acetylcysteine nac um and and milk thistle which is also known as silymarin you just take one serving of any of those per day. It has a major effect on uh, your liver health, and you can see that on your blood work. Um, and it can make you be able to like stay on cycle for longer. the the main The main antitoxin that the liver uses uh, to process, you know, when it's breaking down processing, and there's toxic substances in the whatever it's processing, is L-glutathione. It's an antioxidant. And uh, those three, those three supplements that I just named, they they deposit L-glutathione into the liver. So so, you know, when there's no L-glutathione left, the liver cells actually have to themselves process the toxins, which kills them. <laughs> That's when your liver values start going up. Um. Any, anyways, so you were you know you were saying you want to put on size. You, you know, but you were talking about like some more test. So if you wanted a better like scenario would be you're on 250 SIP, you're on 700 Trend A, and you're looking your best. You like the cosmetic effect. Now, if you are feeling like you're, you should have like a major ability to like bulk and build muscle on that. Um, But... So I'm going to what I'm going to say is that if you then increased though your testosterone from 250 cypionate to 750 cypionate with 700 milligrams of trenate 
that would increase like muscle fullness, roundness, etc. And there would be a, a slight addition of water in your skin. So then like I'm going to make one other scenario, okay? So let's say you want to use less trend. So you want to go down to like 525 milligrams of trend per week since you're at 700 now. And then, you know, if you did that and you added testosterone from 250 milligrams up to around 1,000 milligrams a week, you know, you would notice no no decrease in the strength of your cycle and and you would notice increased like muscle fullness and roundness at the same time okay so so that would be like a more comparable way to do things or just kind of what you're you're asking way to do things um all right let's get on let's get on to the next question russell asks dan the man man I've listened to your podcast episodes going on my third turn. That's a lot of hours, man. <laughs> I have a quick question. Maybe you can help. Maybe not. But I figure I'd give it a shot nonetheless. So I'm trying to get a doctor in my area that will work with TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. Just trying to get pharmaceutical grade test. He says, what are some magic words or language to use to get his prescription going? Um... He, he he says that he does he he does have prescription testosterone from a clinic, but he doesn't like the price that they're charging him. Um. You you know, I don't think there are any magic words or something like that. You know, it, it's it's more of of you know. Does does your doctor care about helping you? You know, because it's going to be a lot better for you if you're doing something that is dangerous, like taking UGL gear. It's going to be a lot better for you if you can have someone monitoring you. And if you can have someone supplying you, you know, with some gear that is clean. So, you know, the main thing I think that, you know, if you're if you're talking to a good doctor who, who wants to help like generally reduce harm and and help um help you be as healthy as possible and and you're going to do this thing and you've told him you know <clears throat> i think what he wants to know is that you're going to be as responsible as possible so you know be very professional and um th that's my advice it, when when you don't don't be entitled to anything and uh, don't be disappointed because you know a lot, they're all programmed to think it's the devil or something <laughs> and they also like you know they're worried about it because there's like politics about you know like prescriptions with it and everything so what i mean is try to be as chill about it as possible as chill and professional about it as possible if you look for hormone replacement cl uh, clinics anti-aging clinics alternative medicine clinics um men's clinics etc like uh, you're 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 gonna 
find doctors who are willing to do this kind of thing, okay? It, so, I mean, you already found one anyways. So you're just, it looks like you just wanted to, you don't like the deal you're getting. <laughs> anyways, yeah. You, you guys that, that, you know, don't have a prescription for testosterone or, or like any, any kind of like PEDs or whatever, that is like another way, like, you know, the pros have prescriptions, okay? So, you know, we were talking about earlier in the podcast today, like, you know, the way pros do things, you know, and, and then, like, compared to the way, you know, your amateur average dude going to the gym using juice does things. This is another one of those things is that the pros have prescriptions, okay? I, I think it's best to try and, and emulate all those ways, you know, that's, that's why they're pros because they're doing things a certain way. So I encourage everybody. That's like my very honest or, or like sincere, sincere advice is to try and work with a doctor with this. Okay. With your steroid taking. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Jack asks, hey, bro, love your stuff and purchased your ebook, Ultimate Guide to Roids, earlier this year. Thanks for everything you've put into that. I've just started using about two and a half months ago. Every time I pin 500 test E, I can't walk or sit down without crazy pain. I'm sure I'm injecting in the right spot, glutes. The oil is thick as fuck. Would this be why it's causing it? I'm dropping to 1 ml next week to see if it's any better. Any tips? Love how it's making me grow, but can't stand not being able to walk or train legs five days of the week. Well, there's a couple things. Is your first cycle, this is your first cycle, so you have virgin muscles. So the any time that you open up like an injection site in a new muscle, like if, say, you start injecting your glutes, say you start injecting your quads, say you start injecting your shoulder any muscle that you open up, the first three shots there are going to be excruciating as far as like post-injection pain and swelling. Um, this is called having virgin muscles. So they've never had anything in there before. And now all of a sudden you've just deposited all this stuff in there, all these chemicals and oil and hormones. Okay. And so it's just freaking out and, and, and your body's having a massive, like a inflammatory immune system response you know what just got deposited into me um and 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 so that will happen um especially like your first cycle your first couple shots like and it'll give you test flu like you'll feel like you're sick like you have the flu like my first cycle i definitely couldn't the first like two weeks like 10 days probably i had like a fever because I front loaded and I took 1200 milligrams of testosterone for like my first shot ever. Because uh, I did two shots of 600 milligrams. I was planning on using 600 milligrams a week. But anyways, all of a sudden I had 1200 milligrams of testosterone in my body going from zero. and um, Or going from natural. And uh, so I got like a fever. And then like the in post-injection pain that I had was so freaking extreme. Uh, it was just like, it was like it had turned to ice. So I was in the same situation as you. I couldn't walk. But I was in college at the time. And so to get to class, 
I would take like 800 or 1,000 milligrams of ibuprofen, and that like really took the edge off, really. And, and then I could I could definitely walk and, and like get to class and everything. So that went away, though, you know, after about three shots. So it's come back, you know, when I've opened up new body parts, you know, like if it was like my first injection ever, like in my ventral glute or something like that. Like, yeah, it, you know, but usually not, you know, I never got like really bad test flu like that anymore. I do get trend flu where if I'll take, you know, any time that I start trend, I will have a period of time where I kind of have have to get used to it and and my body's like uh does not like that that's in there and it's kind of having like a immune system slash inflammatory general inflammatory reaction until it you know accepts it finally (laughs) uh so you know you're you're wondering you know is this going to go away well you know you said it's been two and a half months and it's still happening for you so that means it's actually your gear so there's a couple things that cause that. One is high milligrams per milliliter. So with UGL gear, you know they're trying to make a cool product, bro, instead of making medicine. And so they're making high milligram per milliliter gear and and making it a good price, a good way to save money with this cool sick Muscle building injection. You don't want that. So 250 milligrams per milliliter or maximum 300 milligrams per milliliter testosterone. You do not want higher milligrams per milliliter concentration than that. It's going to hurt like hell. And it's going to cause extreme swelling. Okay. So this is going to happen. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if you're new or not. Like if, if I did that right now, it would happen to me too. Um, now, um, so in order to fit all those milligrams in there, they have to put a lot of chemicals into it. Okay. It's not just the normal stuff. They have to put sterilants, solvents, stuff to make it hold and stay in solution evenly throughout the oil. And when that stuff gets into you, your body hates that. And so it causes mega pain and inflammation. Okay. The other thing that can happen is just when you're using UGL gear, they're throwing in extra sterilants because they don't have a freaking clean lab, freaking laboratory, professional medical production facility where they're confident that everything is freaking 100% clean, you know? And so it probably is better to be safe than sorry in that situation and go kind of like a little bit more heavy on the sterilants. So... That's just the situation, and that's one of the reasons not to use UGL gear or one of the reasons with UGL gear that, you know, makes it an increased risk, makes it kind of suck. Another thing is that it's funny. People, like, don't believe me, too, if if they've never used pharmaceutical-grade gear, but pharmaceutical-grade testosterone propionate does not hurt, and it does not cause post-injection swelling or pain. Okay, it doesn't. Um, UGL testosterone propionate does, and you know that. Okay, it's just a fact. So it is what it is. 
you know, wondering what you're putting into you. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, consider consider ch- trying another brand, trying a lower concentration. Ben asks, could you go over snoring on steroids? When I'm not on steroids, I don't seem to snore. On a blast, it seems to be excessive. Is there any remedies, tips? Girlfriend hates it. Can't wait for more podcast episodes. Yeah, so 100% of steroid users snore, man. Um, Also, basically 100% of fat people snore. So when you become big, you get a lot of mass. Like, you're growing, like, muscle in your neck, too. I'm sure you've noticed your neck is bigger. Um, So that's... Your your esophagus didn't change. Your air pipe did not change. The muscles around it did. And you've got more pressure in that area now. And it's it's messing with your breathing. Um, and if this happens from muscle or if this happens from fat, it's the same thing. So this is very common in bodybuilders is snoring, excessive snoring, extreme loud snoring. Um my best tip is to sleep on your side. Um, definitely, if you sleep on your back, that's when it's going to be the worst. Um, bodybuilders like Stan Efforting uh, really recommend CPAP machines. <laughs> you know, I bought a CPAP machine one time on Craigslist. Never used it, though, because I just can't, I couldn't get, you know, I really couldn't just put a freaking thing over myself over my face while I'm sleeping at night. And now, you know, because of all this mask stuff, you know, I never want to see another freaking mask again. You think I'm going to put a mask on before I go to sleep at night? And it's going to blow crap into my freaking lungs all night? No, I'm not comfortable with that. So I don't use the CPAP, and I never did. You know, sleeping on my... I I specifically, because of the snoring thing, though, started sleeping on my side. So that wasn't comfortable for me, but now it is because of working at it. So it's something you can work on. And just so you know, all you other guys out there, especially if girls are getting mad at you or something, or if uh, girls are saying like, you know, you were making weird sounds while you were sleeping or something like that. You're not alone, man. <laughs> it's pretty normal. Pretty normal if you use gear. Okay, this question is from a female. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on women and equipoise. I'm running just 25 milligrams every five days. So, okay, so I wanted to tell you guys that this female is like the type who like really looks like the type of like gym workout like instagram female okay so like get in your head like what you look at on instagram okay and know that that's what is asking this question okay and this is like what they're doing so i'm running just 25 milligrams every five days you know that's a if you're going to use an injectable and you are a female you know, that's the correct dosage, you know, um, it's very small dosages like this, you know, like for example, women that use Primobolin, you know, it's not expensive for them. 
uh, because you know they they only use twenty five milligrams, fifty milligrams, seventy five milligrams a week. Like you, know, you see this girl here, she's she's running twenty five milligrams every five days of, of equipoise. It's like thirty seven point five milligrams a week. Um, wondering if that's worth it, or should I increase to fifty milligrams? No, don't increase to fifty milligrams. So one of the things with women. Uh, and you guys know that because of the nature of what this is, I, I don't advise any women to use any male hormones because, you know, when you use the opposite sexes hormones, you start transitioning your gender. So what female bodybuilders are trying to do is like, or like females who use them and go to the gym is they're trying to like do that to an, a level that they find acceptable but the whole just premise of it, it's, you know, do I believe that men should be taking birth control pills from their girlfriends and just taking just enough so that it's just an acceptable result? Of course not. So so it's the same. I, I believe the same thing with women. I don't believe that women should be becoming more masculine. Okay. And that's what using the opposite sexes, the male sexes hormones does to women. Okay. So. But I'm I'm happy to help women. You know, I know about how 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 women use them, how how champion women, bodybuilders, etc., fitness athletes use them. And again, I'm not judging anyone on their steroid use or how they do it or who's doing it or what you look like. I don't care. I'm just here to help. <laughs> really, there's like no strings attached. Um so she says, and what's the effective dose for growth hormone for women? I'm assuming one to two units, but it's far hard to find info on women on the forums. You know, so with growth hormone research, the, the name for the chemical is somatropin. So you can look on like scholarly, um, like, like uh, search engines for like scholarly articles on like somatropin women. And you'll find the studies. So actually women aren't as sensitive to growth hormone as men are, which is kind of interesting. So the dosage that women take is usually a little bit higher in order to get an effect. Like three IUs a day is a good, is a good dosage for a woman. Um, like, yeah, I, I mean, I think so, you, you know, so for, for, for men, you know, you're talking like big bodybuilding and everything, but you know, usually the women that I see getting good results and I've seen women get good results from using growth hormone combined with clenbuterol combined, combined with thyroid. Um, I've seen some women that like had like loose skin on their stomachs and stuff. Um, you know, not excessive loose skin, but you know, some visible loose skin have it really tighten up you know, significantly from, from doing that for a few months. So at three, I use a day, you, you know, and, uh, also just know that, you know, growth hormone is much more pricey than in general, you know, like the going rate for it than anabolic steroids. So, you know, usually people have to spend, you know, usually that makes their bill go up a lot. <laughs> uh, but Another thing with the growth hormone, though, is is 
especially if you're a woman, you know, don't use the generic. You don't know what's in that. And growth hormone just grows stuff, okay? It has side effects. And and it can, like, give you, like, tingling. And a lot of times that, like, tingling, like, in your in your hands like or limbs, like, falling asleep, a lot of times that stuff can be, like, somewhat permanent. So be careful, you know. You're using very powerful substances here. Um, and, and so a lot of people don't know, like, what are these substances? And they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So... No, that's why I talk about, you know, I, I, I say with uh, with men, like, you know, they ask me, like, should I take steroids? And I say, you know, not unless you're, like, really willing to go through a, a major hassle and, and like, you're planning on doing this for, like, years and years and years and already have been, you know, because this is not going to be fun for you if this isn't, like, something that's, you know, you're willing to really go through a lot for otherwise you're not going to enjoy this in general taking gear um it's a huge hassle okay uh lastly i was curious if i'm using both equipoise and growth hormone will adding metformin the way men do give me similar results yeah yeah it it will It, it it will so there's no hormonal component to metformin the one thing um that I do have to say, like, watch out for if you're a female using metformin is that it reduces your natural hormone production. So, like, say, for example, you're a natural female who's not on uh, birth control and not on anabolic steroids. So if you start taking metformin, it will reduce your estrogen and progesterone by half, which you're not going to feel good like that. Um, it's used like a polycystic ovarian syndrome. So in that, um, disease, way too much testosterone is produced by females. And so actually what they use, um, as a therapy for that is metformin because it reduces all hormone production by 50%, uh, sex hormone production. So when they start taking the metformin, it reduces their testosterone production by 50% and relieves a lot of the uh, androgenic male side effects that they're getting from the polycystic ovarian syndrome. So, but if, if you're taking steroids, if you're taking birth control, which is steroids, it's just the female version, then it doesn't do anything because that it doesn't destroy the steroids that you're taking. It doesn't destroy the birth control that you're taking, the metformin. Um, so since those have already got your natural system not producing much. So in that case, the metformin is just a benefit. So what I'm saying is you don't want to take metformin if you're natural as a PED. But if you're on stuff, then it works as a PED. So just going over this again, you know, like what does metformin do? So it stops the liver from doing gluconeogenesis, which is transforming protein into glucose. Um, it reduces the amount of calories that you absorb from fats by about 30%. And it increases the uh, capacity or limit of carbohydrate fuel storage in your muscles by about 30% as well. So, 
you know, bigger, fuller, rounder muscles. Um, it does that, and 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 you know, uh, it helps with fat burning, of course, because of that you know, stopping glucose production in the liver, and uh, you know, less calories being absorbed. Uh, so so that that's how it works, um, and uh, you know, I really don't think metformin works very good if it's just with testosterone or just with steroids. I think that metformin it doesn't really work really good and and like you're like man this stuff is sick and until you're taking it with growth hormone so so it's got to be steroids growth hormone and metformin all together and the metformin was like the third ingredient um yeah yeah all right um finish finish see if there's any more to her question um yeah, look okay yeah oh here it is she, she's uh she's learning tons from the podcast that's great um one one other thing if you find it relevant at all haven't been able to find much on pulsing orals okay so this is a good idea for you if you want to use if you're a woman and and you you want to limit your side effects your your uh as as in gaining permanent male characteristics to your face and body etc um you you don't want the hormones to be in you all the time so that's one of the reasons why with females injectables are a lot more like hardcore than orals because injectables have esters on them so the ester is like you know, undecanoate, enanthate, propionate, etc., and those make it so that the steroid releases into active hormone very slowly in your system, which means that it's always active. It never leaves. Twenty-four hours a day, every day, it's always there. So with orals, it's not the same. With orals, they're in and out. So, for example, D-ball is peaked in 45 minutes and um it it's gone in about four to six hours uh so it's not in in your blood anymore as in like the actual d-ball there there's still some metabolites of, of course which are breakdown products or waste products from it of, of the the metabolism or destruction of the d-ball molecule but the the d-ball is gone so so with orals in general, you know, most of them last in your body between like six to 12 hours. And so uh, when you take it, you get a spike and then you get a, a, a come down. You know, it looks like a, a, a mountain on a graph. And as far as like a woman is concerned, this is really good news for you because, you know, the longer you have this continued exposure to male hormones, the more your body will transition into a male's. So um, you want to only have segments of the day, important segments of the day, having the uh, hormones, if you're going to use them, um, and the other parts of the day, you know, that aren't as important, it's better not to. Uh, so like you said, like pulsing, like uh, if if you're gonna do something like uh, taking you know you mentioned Anavar pulsing Anavar, you know taking that 
taking your Anivar once per day pre-workout. Um, or, or only taking it on workout days, et cetera, or only taking it on certain workout days, you know, however you want to plan it. But, um, and then only taking it once a day too, because if you take it more than once a day, now you're sitting, setting up this situation, you know, where you've got constant blood levels. And so that's going to set up a situation where you're having more, you know, your body having, uh, you know, becoming more male because you've got constant male hormones in your system. If you can just have, for a short period of time, you know, it's logical that you're going to have less side effects, that you're going to have less transition. Um, so, so a good time to take it would be would be pre workout, and then and then making use of that that uh, window to be getting in a lot of your nutrition around the workout when you have the steroids in your system when you're most sensitive to needing the food which is you know intra-workout and post-workout and can use them to fix your your muscles and build back better and stronger um you, you know then you'd have it most active or the highest blood levels you know during your workout and just after your workout and then you know the few hours after your workout, you know it'd be coming down, and then uh, and you'd still be benefiting it. And then you know that window right around your workout, your anabolic window is is now over, and uh, you know the anavar is out of your system. So you made so in that case, you know you were trying to be like this would be an example of conservative use, and you know just trying to make the the most of little bits of time. With the little bits of steroids. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So that that that's that's what I that's my little spiel on women women and steroids today. Let's get to a new question. So, all right, we're gonna get to. Sanders question. Jow, Dan, a question here. I'm on for about two years now. Lowest I've been was around 250 milligrams test a week. Most time of the year, 0.5 to 1 gram of different compounds. I want a break and was thinking to go out completely off with no PCT for about one to three months. Do you think I can better go for 125 milligrams test for a few months? Also have very high blood pressure, 150 to 160 over 90 and resting heart rate around 100 beats per minute your help is very welcome thank you ps blood panels like cholesterol and liver enzymes are always good last time i've checked it was around three months ago next week i have to do my new blood test good uh i'm glad that you're doing your blood test and you know your numbers and everything that's very helpful um yeah you know best thing you can do if your blood pressure is really high like that is to get on the blood pressure medication. Like, you know, a lot of people that take steroids have high blood pressure and, and, and me, I've talked about it. You know, some guys that take steroids don't have high blood pressure though. Very lucky. Most guys do, but you know, if you've got high blood pressure, it's like killing your kidneys, man. And, and, um, and just in general, you will like feel so much better like if you get that fixed by taking medication for it. So that's that's what I have to say about that is that 
it's definitely like worth the trouble to like get on medication for your blood pressure. Um, you know, like clearing the receptors, because that's why he was saying he was saying he wants to go off with no PC to clear his receptors. Or do you think it's okay to use one twenty five tests for a few months? So you make the most androgen receptors when you're on cycle. Okay, there's a few different things that affect the most how like how many androgen receptors appear on the outside of your cell, but this is very clearly documented. Um, you, you know, dependable um, evidence studies that show that the higher the milligrams of androgens administered, the more androgen receptors appear on the cells. So when, if you had no testosterone, you would have the lowest possible amount of androgen receptors. If you had high testosterone, or the highest testosterone, you'd have the highest possible amount of androgen receptors, okay? So there's a couple other things that affect androgen receptors too. Another one is growth hormone. Um, taking growth hormone increases the amount of androgen receptors you have. And you know what? Another one, believe it or not, is creatine. Kind of weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's a myth that, you know, you clear your receptors when you go off cycle or you like recover more androgen receptors. So the hormonal receptors do not work the same way as um, like a neurochemical receptors. So uh, for example, cause you know, we're most, most people's experiences with receptors have to do with recreational drugs. So they, they, they understand that, um, you know, if they take a lot of caffeine or drink a lot of coffee, they become desensitized to that. Um, or they drink a lot of alcohol or they smoke a lot of marijuana. They're going to all of, with all of those substances, they're going to notice that their body tries to return to homeostasis or being normal while on those and, uh, desensitizes. So that's because those are the neurotransmitter receptor system, which is in your brain, which operates like that. But the, uh, androgen receptor hormonal situation outside of your brain uh, does not operate that way. It operates in the opposite way. Uh, so you, when you take more milligrams of more steroids, you produce more androgen receptors. Um, they are not neurological receptors. They do not function on the same system or by the same rules. Um, but people do notice that after they, you know, go off a uh, cycle or take a, a cruise and they get healthy, uh, that their bodybuilding works a lot better, which is very true. And so if you have a choice between um, a lot of androgen receptors or healthy body, and which one is going to um, be able to be capable of making the most muscle and strength, it is the one with the healthy body, not the one with the most androgen receptors. So you'll notice that uh, it's it's definitely necessary and the best thing to do and not something that's being a pussy to take a cruise. Okay. Or to take some time off cycle. Okay. It, it's, um, <laughs> it helps you do bodybuilding better. Uh, and, and that's primarily because it, it, it fixes your health. Um, if you have, you know, any kind of strain on your system, the unstrained refreshed system is capable of more. And so that's what people are noticing. They're going on cruises or they're going off cycles. 
they're becoming 100% healthy. And they go back on cycle and they're saying, whoa, I cleared my receptors. Everything's working great now. Well, not quite. They're healthy. Everything's working great now. All right. So that's going to be the last uh, question for the podcast today. It was fun talking to you guys. And uh, I'll be coming up with another episode for you guys uh, real soon here. So make sure to go pick up Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan, the bodybuilder from Thailand. You know, if you just go to bodybuilderinthailand.com, it's, uh, I, think, I think it's the first article on the homepage where you can check it out and read like 20 pages. It's definitely worth it. It's my best content. You know, if you like the podcast, the book will blow you away.